0: Great listeners. My name's Conrad alongside my friend Fox. This is the fourth episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering June 1977, progs 15 through 18. We're still running with the in- initial thrills we had last week, so let's get right to it. Oh yeah, man. Thrill One Invasion. 301, invasion. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: Let's break it down.
0: Yeah. So invasion, I think, remains a great way to start any prog. Ah, really basically, because <laughs> uh, things just kind of get crazy really fast, and they stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So yeah. So last week we ended with Savage and Company seeing an SAS raid on a Volgon Nutrito bomb lab in Doomsdale, England, go wrong. So this issue, the team tries to take it on themselves. Oh,
1: and they do just such a bang-up
0: job. It's great, man. So first, uh, Silk and the Brigadier try to sneak in past the guards by wearing, like, Vogon uniforms and walking through the gates and stuff. It's so lame. But it doesn't work because the Vogon shout orders at them in English and they respond, so they can't be Vogons. Attention! But- and then they just straighten up. And like, ah, Yeah, these guys. Are, we got you, are British people. <laughs> but so Savage has to take things into his own hands, and it's crazy. It just oh. he he uh, he shotguns a couple people, uh, leaps the sort of leapfrogs over the fence, An and
1: place. then
0: and then he just <laughs> which, which has no barbed wire or anything this neutrino oh, bomb testing facility. But what
1: it does and have is danger
0: acid. <laughs> <laughs> he he shotguns everybody until he can find of uh, a 16-wheeler tanker truck full of acid. (laughs) Danger acid, good point. Danger. (laughs) Which he then backs into the facility building, and the back blows open, and just kind of basically just fills the whole building with deadly acid, I guess. And
1: everyone just starts melting and dying. And mind you, after he's, like, hit, like, three or four guys with the truck,
0: they're, like, getting crunched under the (laughs) wheels. Yeah, so now it's time to escape, because, you know, the acid.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, crap, i got to get out of here. Which, by the way, then, they got super yeah.
0: detailed with this face these next couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, like the opening of this one, you get some a real good look at Bill, at, uh, Bill Savage's weird-ass team. Yeah. So, oh, God. But, yeah, so, you oh. know, success at Doomsdale. Good times. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, well, they thought he died, but then, you know, two panels later, he didn't, so.
0: Yeah. That's like so. That one's the. I think that one's the best. Savage one. Oh god. But there's a couple other good ones. Um, the next. The next Prague. A uh, a bounty hunter. Oh god. It, <laughs> this was so weird. weird. The crazy thing is that the bounty hunter is named Quarry. Oh yeah. And there's at least two quarry puns per page. <laughs> My name's Quarry, and I always gets me Quarry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and, like a couple. Kills a couple other resistance leaders that Savage had teamed up with.
1: All of them uh, looking hyper British.
0: Yeah, everybody's everything's super British in this in this issue, or in this in this month of Pragues. Oh yeah. But um, so Savage manages to trick the um the the uh, bounty hunter to driving off a cliff into <laughs> a rock quarry. So like you didn't. So you got you didn't get the quarry you were counting on this time. Yeah. A quarry, the bounty hunter. <laughs> Oh, God. And, and, and it ends with Savage putting out a wanted poster for
1: every full gun. Yeah, it's just, everything was so ham. It was so hammy.
0: Then, in the next prog, um, a, uh, this is weird. A Savage basically just breaks up a slave market yeah. that's in downtown London. Like, they're they're auctioning off British servicemen for stuff, I guess. They aren't really clear... You know, they're just what,
1: having fun auctioning slaves off, I guess.
0: On what the slaves were for, but I don't yeah. know.
1: Oh, no, they said it was for... They were working on, like... Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Estates and things like that. Right. Well, yeah, they work on their new country estates, which we'll see next, frog, I guess. But <laughs> Savage breaks it up. There's a pretty good part where someone's about to throw a, uh, a napalm grenade. And he and just whips his hand. Whips his wrist so that he drops the grenade and uh, gets... And, and immolates himself, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Also, Savage rides a wrecking ball like a uh, Miley Cyrus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to get away. I, I love this because it happens so much in Invasion. They just, like, just hand wave. Like, nah, this happens
0: and everything's great. <laughs> the important thing to know about Bill Savage is that he's invincible and can kill everybody really easily.
1: <laughs> it's so true.
0: Like... Like once you get past that point, it becomes a really fun comic. I, I mean,
1: he just—it's kind of that weird opposite of Dan Dare. It's not that he's just pretentiously doing all the right things; he's just stupidly doing all the right things and using all of his blue-collar knowledge to do this thing. You could
0: spend a lot of time being like, "No, you'd be killed instantly." Yeah, a shotgun isn't that good from long range. But I mean, in the hands of Bill Savage, all that stuff. But nah, nah, man, like just. Keep it going, you know. Yeah. In the in the last Prague for the month, a uh, no good collaborator from the Ooh. London Police Department leads the Vogs to Mad Dog HQ and savager and and they raid them and Savage and Silk are forced to take their show on the road as London is now too hot for them. Oh yeah,
1: they're going to the countryside. This one was pretty fucking quick.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, because it's just like it's a lot of like investigating and then like tanks roll up and and then it's a of, the shit out of everything I mean this was so it's a loss it's a rare loss for savage where he manages you know his in his uh, invincibility just allows him to sort of Observe the and, like his guy just kind of survive from overwhelming ridiculous force you know yeah
1: I mean that's that's the problem with having this power you live long enough to watch your friends die <laughs> Except for yeah. Silk, who
0: I mean is just a lucky dude. Totally, you know, he knows who. He knows <laughs> that if you stay close enough to invent. <laughs> yeah. you know? Just follow him. <laughs> yeah. So in this month's um, ones, there's a couple Britishisms that I had to look up actually, which is a, kind of fun. Which ones? So like when Savage goes to meet like the bounty hunter, he said he's he said he's going. On Me Todd. Oh yeah. What the hell? Which a uh, Cockney rhyming rhyming slang for On My Own. Oh. So basically On My Own becomes On My Todd Sloan, which becomes on On Me Todd. Oh. And Todd Sloan is like some jockey that was like disgraced or something like that. So it's like being uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the collaborator guy that took down that took down Mad Do- that, that took down the island of dogs was it says he's a member of the flying squad? Oh, yeah. Which is basically an elite anti-burglary police squad in oh, London. Oh, okay. It sort of means that they don't have to deal with, like, normal jurisdictions and um, and precincts and stuff. They can sort of go around the city. They're flying. They kind
1: of threw those guys under the bus in this comic then because they were like, man, like, half those people deserted to the other side. Yeah, you can't trust these
0: cops, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> as true then as it is <laughs> I'm gonna pull the Illuminati into this too I mean I'm just saying that like you know if there's a new evil regime in town who's gonna support them the cops they're used to supporting evil regimes <laughs> oh. they are now I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> anyhow That's Let's go to uh, thrill to flesh. Oh God! And this one—it's the thrilling conclusion of Flesh Fox. Ah, uh, is it really? Like it just stops after this point? Uh, no. Well, no. Next, there's an epilogue next week, which is pretty awesome. Okay,
1: because
0: I uh, it it ends in a fucked up sort
1: of way. <laughs> it's
0: good. Man. The uh, the dinosaurs are through the defense line. And everything is terrible. <laughs> That's <they're, laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some great images of just the dinos, like, taken down, uh, Trans Time Base 3, including, like, some Dionycuses getting, uh, accidentally driving cars around through the base. That's great. There's a moment where the controller tries to call for help from the future. When, like, seven Yeah, well, it's because as he's calling for help, someone opens a door at the conference room, and suddenly a thousand giant spiders come through (laughs) and start killing everybody. And the uh, home base is like, "Ah, nah, we're just going to keep to ourselves.
1: (laughs) You guys enjoy the giant spiders. We're just not going to use that base anymore.
0: (laughs) Listen, if I'm video chatting anybody, I'm in space and suddenly the room they're in is overrun by giant spiders and most of the people in the room are killed by them?
1: <laughs> like, that's that's me. Yeah, dude, I, I get it. I mean, <laughs> I have made that call pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Uh, among the uh, dead are uh, Joe Earl Reagan's best so friend. So terrible. Poor Joe. Yeah, he gets eaten alive by the eight-legged freaks, so now it's time to uh, evacuate the base. Well, so this kid has survived everything. Only to get, like, killed to death by a spider. Then uh, I'm in the neck from a death spider. It's tough. And flesh is the red. Stolen and Reagan go for a final showdown to take out old One Eye with them, basically. Uh, it goes bad. Yeah, it
1: goes about as well as you expect a man fighting a Tyrannosaurus would happen to work. So.
0: I mean, contr- the, the, the controller at least tries to, uh, lift the T-Rex into one of the flesh dozers and get him, like, slaughtered and and slaughter her and stuff. But uh, it doesn't work out for him. The controller gets eaten by Old One-Eye as well. Yep.
1: Mmm, delicious controller brain.
0: Yeah. Also, as this happens, uh, Earl Reagan falls into a uh, giant spider web from the giant spiders that gets bitten in the arm. Reagan is dead, and there's only one thought in the tiny brain of Old One-Eye. Victory. Yeah, man. But really turns, yeah, but it turns out Reagan isn't dead. He's just bit and in you know, a spider web, <laughs> and he's able to uh, suck the poison out of his arm, which is pretty handy. Yeah, it's good to be an ape man. Yeah, and so he so he escapes, and uh, basically Reagan, a bunch of red shirts, and Claw Carver <laughs> make it to the uh, temporal escape pods.
1: Yeah.
0: and Claw Carver has brought with him a bunch of reserve gold bullion that was lying around the base for some reason. You know, you gotta have money, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think most offices, listen, (laughs) your office might have a couple of bricks of gold bullion hidden around somewhere in it. That's true. Everyone who listens to this podcast's job for this week is to try to find the gold bullion in your office. Uh, Just ask, you know, check with HR. They probably know. Yeah, man. I mean, you've gotta have a couple, Chris, at least two. Yeah. In case
1: everything
0: goes south. Right. So everybody heads to the escape pod. uh, Claude Carver's malfunctions, and he's lost in time and disappears. Although he's actually now back again for the new story that just started in Prague 2001 this week as we read the podcast. (laughs) So awesome. And and, uh, the red shirts end up fusing with a T-Rex that was attacking their escape pod, creating a crazy T-Rex with three human heads for a head. The the comment is literally, ah, it's a nightmare.
1: And it is nightmare-inducing. It is the strangest thing that I thought I'd see. I, I never would have expected this. It's three human heads it, on the top of a massive T-Rex body.
0: One of them has a mustache. <laughs> it's really great. But the, and they come through, and this is all in the, 20, in the 23rd century, I'll have you know. Yeah. So, you know, the future guys were able to take down the uh, time traveling dino's pretty easily, including the three-headed one. And they were like, and, "Oh, we're sparing
1: them from madness."
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no life or a three-headed a three-man-headed dino body? No. That's crazy. Anyhow, uh, Earl Reagan ends up going to jail as the last survivor that can be blamed for the disaster. Pretty much. And uh and that's it. Basically. It's like,
1: yeah, Reagan did all the right things and was a super great guy. I guess at least he's not lost in time.
0: Yeah, but he's the only survivor, and he was one of the bosses, so he's got to be blessed. So someone's got to take the blame. And it's totally lame. I got so upset. That's what happened. You know, it's tough out there. That's but true. hey, what what happened to a old one eye? We'll find out in the epilogue oh, to Flesh yeah. episode. <laughs> so excited! Yeah, it's good, and that takes us Ooh. to. 3, Harlem Heroes. Oh yeah. Yeah, buddy. I'm starting to really like this series. Yeah, my only problem with Harlem Heroes, really, is that I wish, like, the cadence of the matches matched up with the months, so that, like, each episode of this podcast would just be one match with Harlem Heroes instead of sort of being half of two matches, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You get this. dead. Yeah, yeah. Especially this week with the mutants. Yeah, but otherwise it's so good. So when we last left off, um, we were in a sudden death match at the end of, or at, at a sudden death um, round at the end of the match between the flying Scotsman and the heroes. And they were going to, they had to randomly draw to see who would win, who would fight in this one-on-one uh, contest. And of course, it's that's, Zach. That's, yeah, it's Zach who had sort of a uh, fight with, with, the, uh, with the winner for the Scottish side, Red Picardo, sort of be, before the um, match started. This is sort of their showdown, you know what I mean? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Tensions are high. Yeah. There's some pretty good arrow ball. Zach ends up winning through sheer grit and determination. That's it. So in the end, there's no hard feelings, and the Scots and heroes part as friends. And the Scots will have a chance to make it into the next round, however. They get to yeah, so, so they should be so they might be able to make it into the next round. Good times. This takes us to uh, the heroes' next contest, which is League Match. So, not part of the ball Championship. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of using, um, like, English football rules, where, you know, you play in your league, but also there's, like, the Euro Cup and stuff that, that you play for as well. Right. And so, this time they're going up against Gorgon's Gargoyles. Ooh. Which,
1: yeah.
0: And they're a team of uh, crazy android robots with human skin stitched on so it's basically like a team of uh, Frankensteins one of them really looks like the Hulk there's some there's a, there's, a, there's some hokey ones there's some zombie ones yeah there's a lot like they're very sort of like like a uh, cyborg zombie looking guys mm. and uh, the the mysterious villain unhappy at the level of violence in the hero Scott, Scotsman game uh, has had the evil cyborg Gruber's face yeah. and body change to make him look like Joe Ugg, Ugg, the guardrail's best player. <laughs> yeah. So now Gruber is like infiltrated the match playing as one of the uh, Android guys,
1: which, you know, I, he just throws him into a computer, I guess, which is having just breaks him.
0: Yeah, he just he, he Gruber like knocks out the guy he's impersonating, but yeah, by just throwing him through some random stuff. <laughs> then takes his place, you know?
1: Amen. It's easy work when you're a super-powered mutant, I guess, or exactly. android. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're, they're, these guys are androids, apparently. So bizarre. <laughs> so, like, the match starts with Gruber trying to peg the, uh, one of the heroes in the face, mm-hmm. just to take him out early, but it doesn't work. Um, and things sort of settle into a normal match as Gruber sort of bides his time.
1: Yeah, it definitely
0: felt,
1: uh, I don't know, I, like... I really liked the shots
0: where they were just completely decimating everything, but they get super lucky a couple of times. Yeah, but so and like they make a big deal about how the fact that these androids, while superhuman normally, have to have have uh, had all of their like strength and ability, like over speed and strength and physical abilities dialed way down, so they're completely at roughly the level of, of normal humans. Yeah, to the point that like one goal gets called back because the ref rules that, like, hey, you're operating in slightly more than normal human, or that at peak human ability there, buddy. That's, like, cheating. And then he has to go get taken out of the game and get his legs recalibrated. Exactly. So the final prog, uh, uh, oh, but that's sort of some interesting world building, I guess, just Mm. in terms of, like, what these androids mean and stuff like that. But so the final prog ends with Gruber smashing... A red shirt hero, Chico, a lot of red shirts dying this um, yeah. this month of Prague's. But just sort of Chico, who's a hero we don't really know that well, mm. into the electrified goalpost of the arrow ball court, instantly killing him. Yep. And, and trying to a real myth. Yeah, well, it's tough when your dudes get killed and you don't want that. <laughs> um, and we end on the cliffhanger with Gruber attaching a limpet mine to the game ball and just throwing it straight to Giant. What'll happen? Find out next time. Can the heroes
1: prove their fame? Don't miss next week's thrilling game.
0: You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, that's what it says there. That's fine. <laughs> the uh, At the end of each story, of each thrill, um, there's like this text that sort of is a, usually like a t- stay-to-next-week or maybe some sort of weird joke or something Sometimes, like that. A lot of the time for Harlem yeah, like, and, or sometimes they're like old Tharg sayings about, like, robots or aliens or something like that. <laughs> I think next prog in issue 19, they're all going to be advertisements for Shaco. <clears throat> oh, awesome. Which is the replacement for Flesh. Oh, so <laughs> Yeah. Thrill for Dan Dare. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. So, so I think one thing is that the, we get the first, like, credit in this magazine. That we've seen so far. Oh yeah, which which is that the big art spreads start having um, they they start having uh, the name of Bellardinelli, which is a Massio Belladellario, who is a uh, an Italian artist that is going to do a bunch of uh, 2001 comics, as we'll see. He's you know he's got the the expressive style that we expect or the expressive realistic style that that we like from Dan Dare. Yeah, it's really awesome. And that'll bring to other stuff. Yeah, it's like, he, uh, he. I think he does the coloring too for like the one color panel that Dan D- Dare has. Mm, that's great. And and eventually they'll start having credits for all of the uh, comics, but I don't want to sort of start doing their research for that just because it's hard to tell sometimes. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah. like, um, for me, this month's Dan Dare re- remains actually pretty decent. Yeah, I was not a of um, yeah, the freighter Dan Dare and his new pal Rock the Dog man, uh, are, are, are on crashes into this weird planet that is both inside a sun, like and a hollow. Yeah. So the cities are on the inside of the planet, and it's literally inside the body of a of a red sun, which is weird. Yeah. They went. I don't know. Dead. I technology of the future, man. I I'll, I'll buy it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, only Dan Dare, Rock, and Ship Captain O'Grady survive the crash, and Rock cuts the other two free with his laser sword. That's, uh, with a Z in laser. Yep. Very different than a, uh, light waver. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know, I don't know if this is a Star Wars reference Oh, that's true. Like, cause... Because the guys who make this comic have like a vague idea of, of what Star Wars involves, mm-hmm. which we'll see um, in the uh, 1977 summer special in two episodes. <laughs> awesome. Which just has some ridiculous some ridiculous things in retrospect. <laughs> that I think are, are going to be very funny for everybody. Um, but I can't tell if they've like heard of a lightsaber. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that's if that's a thing that's on their radar. And honestly. I'm kind of thinking it's not, because Rock uses the lightsaber instead of Dan Dare, you know? Yeah. And if it was a if it was a strict Star Wars reference, they'd get that thing in Dan Dare's hands immediately. It never really gets there, now that I think about it. Yeah, Rock has it the whole time, and so... Just chopping things in half. Yeah, so it's hard to tell, but... But it's awesome. My, to me, I feel like they it might not be a Star Wars reference at this point. Imagine <laughs> you a dog then or rather
1: like you have a dog and then that dog is suddenly a man a la, I don't know a Brave Star <laughs> if you remember that uh, but then you give that awesome dog a laser sword uh, mm-hmm. these are the things for children and I love it <laughs>
0: yeah. well like yeah the thing I love about Rock is that like he's pretty clearly like a very specific kind of like dog mm-hmm. like he's he's like a uh, like an Irish setter or something like yeah, that yeah exactly
1: so they proceed to find out that this is the secret base of Mekon. Yeah, man.
0: At which, Mekon you know,
1: luck would have Mekon. it. Dan Dare esque
0: luck. <laughs> yeah, so the three are cashed by Mekon, and Mekon remembers Dan Dare, of course, after O'Crady lets slip what his name is. And Mekon sort of comments that the 2000 AD Dan Dare looks nothing like classic Dan Dare. Yeah, and they do a comparison, chat. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, um,. After a sweet fight scene where Dan Dare kicks the two-headed bad guy, the two of, of Varath... In his face. Right, right in both faces? Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets hit by a um, telepathic slime, a mind-reading blob that explains how Dan Dare was injured in his and put in cryostasis until his uh, wounds could be healed. And that ended up changing his face and giving him a sweet widow's peak and stuff. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, before Mekon, it, um, anyhow, so because Mekon is a classic bad guy, he sentences Dan Dare to a slow death. Of course. By, uh, space maggots, I guess? Yep, but they conserve their energy, so they only
1: eat you a little bit at a time.
0: Yeah, super slow death. Very nice. Um, but, and he also, in classic bad guy's fashion, uh, leaves rock unattended and within arm's reach of his laser sword. Which, you know, great idea, guys. Yeah, so our guys manage to escape with O'Grady getting crushed by a statue when when he tries to surrender to the bad guy, Mm -hmm. and the statue opens a hole deeper into the hollow planet, which Dan Dare and Rock jump through, and it turns out there's a force field down there, so it's okay. Yeah, Dan Dare logic. He knows how hollow planets work, apparently. I mean,
1: he they did do a cutaway where he was like, listen, let me tell you why I thought this was an idea. Now you at least appreciated
0: that, as opposed to Preach. just yeah. him doing things. At least, at least somehow explaining how he knows that there'd be a magic force field in the middle of the planet. <laughs> exactly. But so anyhow, eventually Dare and Rock have a big throwdown with the two of a Wrath, and they make their escape on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, the right head of the two is getting increasingly angry about how bumbling <laughs> everyone is. Yep. And uh, is generally getting pretty annoyed at Mekon's old-school villainy. <laughs> he a new skill of crushing. Yeah, he's like, let's just kill him. <laughs> and Seems pretty illogical. You know, Mekon's like, no, we got to do this. And the, and the left head is like wimping out. Speaking, yeah, I guess we should. <laughs> he's a real wimp. And in the end, at the end of the book, Mekon silences them. And we end this month's Prague with Nikon beaming his evil plan straight into the brains Whoa. of the two Thrill 5, Mach one. Yeah. So a more one-off adventures and racism from the hyper-powered <laughs> panel. <laughs> not just market. racism, rampant racism. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot.
1: <laughs> it is. Uh, it is not a small amount of racism that he does. Yeah. I mean, first the first panel where it's like, this is how black people are. <laughs> Uh, also, God, what else? Yeah, I definitely, I remember him yelling kraut at a guy.
0: Yeah, he also, I mean, I'll, let me get to it. Yeah,
1: it's terrible. All of it's bad. It, it
0: might be cap <laughs> So, first Prague probe investigates the deaths of some tourists in Bapal. Which is not Bapal. Uh, no. Yeah, but where it appears that the llama ruler of the country is actually running an opium ring. <laughs> and protecting it with a couple of uh, stealthy yetis. A Fox. Yeah. Is there a yeti fight?
1: There is, in fact. No, there's a yeti fight. Of course there's a yeti fight. It's amazing. This may be the best part of Mach
0: 1 this round. Probe manages to uh, kill one of the yetis by strangling it to death his legs. Which is great. Like climbing onto its shoulders and strangling it, and then of
1: course let's loose the other one so that it then just Which eats immediately, it. yeah, it just eats immediately finds the llama and eats him and then flutters off into the snow. <laughs> I really like the falling look that the yeti has when he's falling on the cage. This
0: is like derp. It looks like yep. an action figure. <laughs> but so the next prog is is the big one, I think. Um, where Probe is on loan to the U.S. government, and he's flying into the Bermuda Triangle on an SR-71 Blackbird, only to find an exact replica of the U.S. Capitol building, which is being used as the base of a madman supervillain. With a weird,
1: like, floaty, like, disc that grabs things out of the ocean. But only one thing, because it's only one claw.
0: Basically... All the all the all the uh, disappearances in the, in the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle is because they got too close to this bad guy's base, which is an exact replica of the U.S. Capitol building. Like <laughs> and what? Used used um, death rays and grabber arms to grab people and um, take their stuff and kill them and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Evil guy's death. Yeah. So probe escapes and um, he's a mock man. He, yep. Takes down some goons, takes down a heat seeking mini dart. <laughs> that's <kind> of <laughs> weird. And then he uses a, a mirror to reflect death energy back to
1: evil again. <laughs> death energy?
0: I'm just calling it like I yeah, see it, you know? That's, that's
1: pretty good. And it turns the man into death in a cape. Yeah.
0: And so then uh, Probe destroys the base, or as Probe calls it, this nest of slant eyed vipers. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, God.
0: So, the other two thrills involve, uh, like, a duel on the snow-covered Alps with a Russian colonel. Oh, this messed sure. up. Nuclear missiles. Yeah, that one's pretty fun. It's got a bunch of, like, ski fights and stuff like that. And it, uh, it definitely was a lot more action packed but a lot of people died. Yeah, like, because probe drops into the Alps with a squad of SAS commandos, and the Russian colonel has a squad of, of commandos himself. And at the end, it becomes just a one-on-one duel between them because the other guys have all been killed by... have all killed each other. And they, like, they keep
1: commenting in their own little off things how they would respect them, but they respect them as an enemy.
0: Yeah, that, that part was weird. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was like, <laughs> they really wanted to play
0: that out. Yeah. And then the final prog is um, probes in, like, Central America someplace. Oh, God. Or South America, and a bunch of... Uh, of a uh, terrorist guys to attack an office building where a, uh, a South American president is staying, and so Probe has to kind of die hard his way through the building and take out both groups of commandos and stuff. And I guess the commandos are German. At least one of the commandos is German, talks a lot of German, mm-hmm. and gets a, a, a dirty kraut. Oh, my God. Yeah. More charming racism yeah. from... It's good times. Mach 1.
1: Really, uh, really, just a gold standard these days.
0: You know, they they were trying to stand out, but they're standing out in uh, the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, the um, I, don't know. I mean, I mean, mostly it's fine, but Mach One just isn't wowing. You, you know what I mean? They gotta, they, they gotta find their direction.
1: I, I mean, I think they're looking for it right now, and I don't know if it's the right direction.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go. real six. Judge Dredd. Oh, man. Ah, so good. Yeah. It's a war against the robots. Call me, Kenneth. Yeah. After being freed by Walter last month, Dredd now joins him and a few other non-revolting robots to take down Call Me Kenneth. Uh, First, they seize control of the robot factories, causing them to create human-loyal robots to fight the revolting robots. I thought that was pretty cool. It's a little weird, to to me, because the robot because the robots come off assembly, the assembly line. Instead of saying, like, death to they they stop saying, hail, call me Kenneth, and start saying, I am a slave to humans. Yeah,
1: it gets really overplayed in this, that it's like, is this right? Question mark?
0: It's really, like, makes you kind of have some questions in terms of, like, who the good guys in this story are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as that's happening, call me Kenneth, is leading an army of heavy metal kids against the Hall of Justice. Yeah, to, uh, to
1: squeeze the life out of. or, sorry, to squeeze the juice out of the Chief
0: Judge himself. Exactly. Hey, the fleshy ones, man. Oh, he has juice inside. <laughs> Luckily, Dread is able to defeat them by using the Mega City 1 weather control to create a thunderstorm, the first one in the Meg since 2012. Wow. And. <laughs> and lightning- Yo, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, like,
1: and of course he has a, uh, a conundrum with this situation because it was
0: illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the very the very laws I'm sworn to protect prevent me from saving the city. <laughs> oh, God. So what does
1: he do? He routes it through Walter.
0: <laughs> yeah, Walter breaks the law instead of him. It's a good, good catch. <laughs> but so the lightning strikes cause the robots to turn on each other and only call me Kenneth escapes on the run. Which leads to the final confrontation between Dredd and Call Me Kenneth, as Call Me Kenneth tries to steal an oil tanker from Texas City, and uh, and after a bunch of awesome gunfights and stuff, uh, the whole thing explodes oh. and Call Me Kenneth is no more. So awesome! Yeah, as a as the big as at the uh, big awards ceremony. Oh my God. <laughs> Three minor bots that that first helped Dredd and the factory. Uh, Howard Stewart and J70 stroke 13 are all awarded pleasure circuits which is the a high honor for droids or for robots that so they're able to actually feel good about things Wow Meanwhile, uh, Walter the Wobot uh. is given his freedom He's the first free robot yes natural. Naturally, Fox, he decides to move in with Judge Dredd and be his servant. And uh, Maria is not happy about that situation. So now Judge Dredd has a lisping robot and an Italian stereotype living in his apartment <laughs> with him. <laughs> and the comic's only getting better. <laughs> uh, and then the final story of the month is Dredd breaking up a brain bloom ring.
1: Which is a weird <laughs> vampire head that does does a singing and a talking to
0: yeah, it's, it's like these, like, heads, plant heads, which uh, can memorize songs and sing them back to you, and they're organically grown, but they're, they need, like, human brains to grow or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's something weird where
1: he's like, this is messed up, and so Maria gets him one, and he's like, it's yeah. illegal to have those, and I'm letting you off easy this time, <laughs> <laughs> even with his
0: even with his, uh, live-in help. Yeah. Oh, God. But so... Eventually, Dredd tracks down the uh, person growing the brain blooms, and they use the brain blooms to hypnotize him, and he almost kills himself. But then um, he snaps awake and is able to defeat the brain blooms using, like, riot foam and arrest the lady that yeah. tried to hypnotize him and stuff. It's good time. Yeah,
1: and, and a pretty pretty short ending.
0: Yeah, easy peasy lemon squeeze. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're looking for some sort of Jacob's Ladder type information. <laughs> oh, Dredd. In which case... Um, Everything that happens after this point is just a hallucination he has as his bike crashes into the back of his truck and he kills himself under mind control. Oh god, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to come back to this. I don't. Let's not talk about it. But oh, god. if you wanted to, if you wanted to set a flag for that happening, this is the first point where you can really set that flag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, one. One, oh, sorry, one last thing I want to say about. Um, what's going on with the comic and what stories are popular and stuff because mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting at the end of episode 18 or of Prague 18 there's a commercial for like two t-shirts yeah and the t-shirts you can get are um are Dan Dare Mekon Flesh Mach 1 and Harlem Heroes or just, reg- or just straight up 2000 AD interesting there's not a uh, Judge Dredd t-shirt which is kind of funny is
1: there an invasion one?
0: No, there's no invasion when God, I... That is so lame. Yeah. I know, we can't go back in time and get and get t-shirts with the thrills we like, Fox. It's, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah,
1: it's only three quid for adult sizes. <laughs> so I, I did want to talk about that. Choose your own, choose your jeans badge, and then it's just a kid's butt in your face, like poking at some, poking at some patches to put onto your jeans. <laughs> yeah, there's some funny ads at the end of this. I'm a phantom freak. The Wait, sorry. The fizz whiz you gives that. Oh, what? The fizz that gives
0: you whiz. Yeah, that sounds right. There we go.
1: And uh, I'm a monster
0: maniac. I feel like some of these badges, so like we're talking about this advertisement that are for a, uh, a, a badge that you can get for your jeans, apparently. It's a commercial, basically, for just some stuff. We're ordering badges, and I think of their reference, actually, to like um, some kind of candy or other kind of thing yeah. from England. In like the seventies, Trevor Lane. Yeah, but it's really like it's basically this kid pointing his butt, pointing his butt at you, and he's got three <laughs> patches on his butt, and he's pointing at them, and it's like, hey, I don't appreciate this kind of commercial, guys. Money.
1: Uh, but yeah, there's also uh, a lot of cricket and weird like tackle making kits.
0: Like you, it's called yeah. a bread punch. There's a bunch of yeah, like the. The scans we have of these 2008Ds things are full of these, yeah, of a bunch of weird commercials. There's a lot, like also like a lot of stamp collecting things, and uh, yeah, magazines for like cricket matches. I think there's at least one like junior ROTC um, thing, sign up thing, and stuff. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of weird commercials going on in these comics. Amen. Gonna make that funny. I mean, it's it's no different than American comics. Like in, in Doctor Strange, there's a ton of commercials for like uh, being a draftsman. Oh, weird like an architect or something like that right. and then a lot you know and then definitely a lot of like bodybuilding stuff <laughs> and wow that's weird like just weird like novelties like the big one I like is there's a uh there's like a uh, press on facial hair kind of thing it just looks real bad oh. <laughs> but old school commercial old school comics commercials are all rough the only ones that are good are the ones that look like actual comics and are for hostess cupcakes <laughs> wow Okay. Yeah, I, I
1: believe the right. cupcakes are delicious.
0: It's true. Well so that's it for this week, Fox. Oh god. It was a
1: pretty tight week.
0: Yeah, this is I feel like they finally caught their stride and have sort of managed to be able to get these comics to be really where they want them to be, you know?
1: It's not and it's not uh, it's not over too quickly, but it did doesn't last all that long.
0: Yeah. So what are your uh, top and bottom
1: two? Alright, so this one's kinda of tough. Yeah. This this week uh, was really good. Um, invasion is very clear. Uh, God, Flesh, Harlem Heroes. Uh, look, Dan Dare is improving. I'm not going to give it the benefit of the doubt until I get through at least two more months.
0: Yeah, that's um, fine.
1: But just Judge Dredd. Uh, well, it's pretty. Let's talk about the bottom one because that's easy. Mach 1. I mean, let's both okay. talk about this because I feel like we're going to say the same stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Mach 1's. My bottom thrill as well. It
1: is the least thrilling thing in the comic now. And I, I don't know how it could have gone wrong. I, he's an he's a super agent. He can fight whatever he wants, but now it's just racism.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Part of it's just kind of like the ridiculous... Like, it's it's not on its face as ridiculous as, like, Invasion or something like that. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh my god, what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, Which, this
1: is ridiculous.
0: Invasion is really the king of, you know? Yeah. Um And it doesn't have the story of any of the other of any of the other Yeah,
1: films. I like I really want him to face down some kind of demon here, man. Like the only thing he, yeah. he does is at the end of the, every uh, vignette, he's just like, yeah, they're saying this now, but they're not, you know, nothing that they can do can make them a mock man or they don't understand yeah. what the life of a mock man is and like
0: yeah, he's just sort of melancholy- melancholy styling on everybody. Yeah. And it's not a good combination in my mind. No, no.
1: it's like, give him, give, like, that's what I really wanted was some, like, interplay with him and the computer in
0: his brain, you know? Yeah. The
1: computer yeah, it was becoming overwhelming or something, but it's not.
0: Yeah, if they presented, like, a funnier computer that I had more back and forth with, mm-hmm. or, like, an evil Mach-Man. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Like, once every two months, if we just saw the evil Mach-Man do something that sort of gave Mach 1 a run for his money or whatever. That would be really awesome.
1: Or if it felt like he was trying to save his troops or anything, he's got a Dan Dare problem where everyone he's with just dies. It's true. Like, I don't want to be anywhere around a Mach man. He's just going to yeah, fail like, really, really fast and not be able to save me, even though he's super fast. Yeah. Like,
0: like, like Dan Dare's really benefited from just having Rock there. Yeah, to- to be a, be a sidekick that is competent and can hold his own. You what I mean? And I think
1: that's, I, they probably learned that lesson after killing off Monday, I would imagine. Because they pretty quickly
0: gave him somebody to kind of co-star. With. Yeah. But even then, they made them equals as opposed to Monday being a semi-antagonist. By, yeah, that's true. Charge the ship and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I hate Mach 1. I don't know what to say. It's really quickly just sliding down. Last month, it wasn't all that great. And this month, it's just yeah. racist. So it's
0: kind of- I'm okay. I'm okay with it, but I'm ready for um, for better. I'm, I'm I need it to be better. to sort of start pulling its weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> let right. me do some quick rundowns here. So Invasion Please.
1: was amazing. It was so good and on its on the nose like every single time from a, a truck full of acid just careening into the back of a place and melting <laughs> a bunch of people to yeah. to him like uh, uh, taking out just. Everyone at a slave auction and smashing. Or sorry, setting a dude on fire with napalm, smashing or getting away on the wrecking ball that smashed a tank, and yep. just then revealing like, hey, don't worry about that guy who died. He was gonna die anyway and wanted to die for
0: his country. So, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't cover that. Like one of the one of the people that helped break up the slave auction was the greatest pickpocket in England. Everyone no, was like, "Who cares that he's dead?" And he's like, "Oh, he was a good man." Yeah, but it was okay that he died because he had radiation poisoning. He was going to die soon anyway, so he died fighting, which is all you need. All, all anyone ever wants. Exactly, especially when it's for Britain. Yep. I don't know.
1: Just like even even the uh, destruction of his base. Like getting away, you're you're kind of excited to see what he's going to do from the countryside, and also what part of the countryside is just going to get destroyed because of him. And then it, it uh-huh. does layer in some of this, right? Like he's looking back. He he is kind of invulnerable, and he's awesome. He's just like, man, this sucks.
0: Yeah. Like he made it, but he still feels bad about the guys
1: that he yeah. lost. So you're year. getting some character about this guy. He's still this just really upstanding dude. There's still a lot of uh, like anti-government. Like, all of these government guys are real dumb, and I'm real smart, because I'm just doing things Occam's race.
0: Yeah, man, it's the 70s, it's the Malays, you know? Yeah. You can't, like, trust these government guys.
1: Um, So, I mean, that's kind of a good explanation for why I really loved this, but then there's Flesh, where you have a man, or a dinosaur come out with three man heads, and I'm, like, laughing the whole time, and it's got this really great ending arc to this thing, it's like a great cliffhanger, it's kind of messed up. Um, yeah. It really feels like less comic book uh, than, you know, I guess the conventional sort of stuff that we've seen, right? Like, nothing I mean, like it's definitely so like
0: hard. like the good guys have been, or the the humans have been presented as the good guys, and they do kind of lose at the end of this storyline, basically.
1: Yeah. I mean, and
0: even says, like, Joe was right, like, you know, what we're yeah. doing is not great. <laughs> like, it ends with Earl Reagan being taken off to prison, yeah. you know?
1: And he's so far been the nicest person and the
0: one fighting for humanity.
1: Yeah. Uh, And Harlem Heroes, again, just, like, full stride, full awesome. Everything's great. Everything's moving. They've they've suffered a loss of a C-list character. And um, (laughs) they're, as usual, sprung into action and Giants just being awesome about things. It's such a good comic. But the biggest problem I have is that then you have uh, Judge Dredd, which has like this arc was awesome.
0: Yeah, no the, ro- the 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 robot uprising. You know, it's their first big Judge Dredd storyline, and it's so cool and such a big um, sort of marker of things to come with Judge Dredd. Yeah, and
1: I mean, and we sort of didn't talk about it, like the little bits. Bit. Like Judge Dredd through this entire thing is not nice to Walter. He hates robots still. He's just like, you guys need to shut up and stop telling me what to do. I know what to do. I'm a judge but do what I tell you to do. And just, like, even after he, like, turns them all into goody-goody
0: robots, like, he is just, he does not like robots. Yeah, and there's this great, like, layer of subversiveness in the storyline mm. where, like, they just they explicitly say, like, look, these robots are slaves. Yeah. You know? Like, this is a slave revolt that we're putting down. So it makes you, even in these early period of Judge Dread yeah, kind of queasy. And make you kind of feel like you know, well, like, is are the judges really the good guys? Like, should I be should I be rooting for these guys to win as they sort of to, to as these slave masters reestablish control over the people? They yeah, own? well, I so, still I still think the writers
1: are playing it safe because they may uh, call me Kenneth like a super dictator,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's obviously helped by the fact that Call Me Kenneth is incredibly evil and like and appreciates the works of Adolf Hitler. Yeah, but it, and as <laughs> like a murderous whatever. Yeah,
1: to its defense, though, four issues and they didn't like make reference to that. They didn't like allude to him being that way. It was just like now it's time to get him. And keep in mind these are like one week apart, right? So yeah. it's been a while since they've even referenced that and it's just, like, this uneasiness. So I, I like to think that they're actually being a bit bold with it, which would be...
0: Yeah, no, they, I mean, this is sort of, the subversiveness here is sort of a taste of things to come mm-hmm. with what's going to happen with Judge Dredd. I really like it a lot. Um, like, just from what I, like, I, I, I read about half half frogs in 2000 AD or so, and dang. I think there's sort of this idea, if you haven't read them, that Judge Dredd is this celebration of, like, fascism and like, no-nonsense-follow-the-law stuff, mm-hmm. but it's actually more of a subversive commentary on that and stuff. It's, especially I mean, if you look at it close. And so, I really love that the seeds for that are being planted even in these early props. Yeah, I mean, I, mean it, I found it ridiculously enjoyable, so... Yeah, and it's really fun, too. And it's just like, also, it's just, Judge Dread and Call Me Kenneth on this huge oil tanker that's flying off and, like, it's about to explode and Judge Dredd, like, let's go and, like, falls so to the awesome. as Call Me Kenneth in the sky, like, goes up in a fiery Just inferno. explodes.
1: Call Me Kenneth rules! <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I loved that. That made me laugh out man. It's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so, with that... So, so with that, so we've gone through all of them, Fox. What's your top throw? You got it? Oh, one. absolutely.
1: And I'm going to tell you this. I was a fan of flesh... Since the very beginning, I was skeptical coming in. Um, mm. And you know what? It ended freaking well. Uh, it ended yeah. really, really well. And so I'm going to make that my top thrill.
0: Great job for nice.
1: closing it, guys. It feels great. I'm sad to see it
0: go, but that's good art. Yeah, for me, Flesh is a close second to Judge Drake. Uh, yeah. I love this storyline, and I love that it's such a good marker of what the series will become and stuff. You know, we're still, like, we're still so early in this podcast, you know, in this thing. Like, we've done, like, you know, what, like, we're almost at Prog 20, and at Prog 20, we'll have done, like, 0.5%. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or, no, 1%, I guess, of um, all the Progs in this series. Ridiculous. You know? And so... It's just, and so it's important at this point to start calling out early good stuff before we get to the classics. That's really way, true. take a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this like story, this Judge Dredd storyline sets a tone and sort of sets things up for future Judge Dredd storylines as well as just the world building concept of these robots that are in Judge Dredd that'll sort of come up time and time again. Mm. I mean, sometimes badly with Walter who I think gets way overused as yeah. time goes by because he gets used it all because I find his list to be super annoying yeah it but, really is ridiculous but it's still like for me I just love I just love this storyline and how yeah and just it's just like the beginning you know what I mean so I have to pick it although second is flesh because it's been a stalwart and it's cool to see it go out yeah. on this crazy note of the dinosaurs winning and humanity losing against this force of nature, which is also kind of a theme for future flesh stories and actually a lot of 2000s. And and before we go full ham into the
1: artisanal selection portion of that, (laughs) keep in mind that we're talking about uh, the last four progs being a couple of dinosaurs got their hooks stuck in a car and drove that into a thing and exploded. Uh, yeah. a guy tried to I, run away with bullion in a time shuttle, and then they zap to the future yeah. where it turns three red shirts into a three-headed monstrosity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can get kind of heady about oh, it. Oh, dude, I, I, all this too. This stuff is amazing. Yeah. But so, but so, it's all this big stuff that we're talking about, sort of wrapped in like ridiculous action and crazy dinosaurs eating people, and and, and giant spiders, and it's all this stuff.
1: And that's what's getting me excited about reading these, is because, you know, I I kind of approach this like, ah, you know, something made in the 70s. I'm not really sure how much I'm going to enjoy it. haven't read comic books in a really long time. I'm basically fresh. And Mm -hmm. uh, it just sort of goes to show that even schlocky action can be amazing and be a center point for that kind of discussion. Like... The the people we skipped over, the ones that are always like sort of the heartbeat between you and I, it's, it's Invasion and Harlem Heroes, um, mm. and those did spectacularly. They held the line of, of what we wanted to expect. I yeah, I mean, out, per,
0: but yeah, yeah, those ones are sort of maintaining at a high level. So it's hard to, it's hard you like they 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 kind of get lost in a shuffle because they're sort of doing their their yeoman's work. Yeah, just <laughs> like being keeping things up and keeping things going and stuff, and not being sort of lagging behind the way Dan Dare or Mach 1 does yeah. and not sort of being excellent like or, or being like above and beyond excellent like Judge Dredd and Flesh were this week so,
1: so I, I recall you saying last week you know Dan Dare must improve I'm going to say that this this week I will say must improve so far I mean, I'm getting yeah. excited uh, I like I like Rock he is he, he eats a bunch of maggots that were going to eat Dan because they're a delicacy on this planet like that's good alien
0: All right. (laughs) So, yeah, that
1: was uh, was a couple of really good progs, man.
0: I like Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. And I hope everybody listening enjoyed the show. Uh, Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com. And tune in next week as Bill Savage goes to basic training. The final kill of Old One-Eye. Another Harlem hero bites the dust. We learn the secret origin of the Two of a Wrath. Oh. Mach 1 goes toe to toe with a samurai. Oh, great. And, and Yeah, <laughs> and a mugger's moon dawns on Mega City 1. And that's just Prog 19. Wow. Awesome. So, we'll begin the story of Shacko, the greatest, deadliest polar bear the world has ever known. Awesome. Until next time, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Sprem Doug Berthrigg. Show.